With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Craig Ellingson, sports editor of the Edmonton Journal, and this is our Oilers podcast for October 28th, 2014. With me are journal hockey writer Jim Matheson. Hi, Maddie. Hello, Craig. Journal hockey writer Joanne Ireland. Hi, Joanne. Hello. And journal sports columnist John McKinnon. Hi, John. Hello. Well, the others might have started the season with a, a whimper, but they started to bang after those first five losses, and they put together a win streak. Uh, they knocked off the league-leading Montreal Canadiens, 3 nothing on Monday night at home. So tell me how, how they've done, how th- that turnaround, how did that come? They obviously uh, started a home stand. The opposition is not scoring five goals a game. But, you know, you give up four to five a game, you're probably not winning them. So they're down to two and three a game now. And or less, and they're winning the hockey games. Now, I mean, they give them credit for one thing. They talked a good game about playing all these home games and 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 digging their way out of the hole when they you know started so poorly. But at least they're following through this year and winning at home. It's something they have not done at all the last year. Last year they were terrible at home. This year they've already won you know four home games. So that's uh, about a quarter of what they had last season already, and they're not through October. The central central issue, when they they lost five games, poor goaltending. They've won four games, excellent goaltending. I mean, there's more components involved, but the 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 most important part to me is Ben Scrivens has been outstanding, and he certainly was outstanding last night against Montreal. And so, I mean, I think the general defensive attention to detail has improved dramatically. But without Scrivens, they didn't win that game last night, no matter what anybody else does, in my opinion. And they're getting some goals. I mean, they didn't beat Vancouver because they couldn't finish, and you know, so it's working sort of at both ends. But definitely, defensive play, Ben Scribbins have been the difference for sure. I agree, and uh, he's back to looking more like the goalie the owners got after January last year, where he's pretty much, you know, you trot him out and he's going to play a good game and goal. Some better than others, like 57 saves, 59 saves rather against San Jose, but. That is the key, as it is in down the road in Calgary. That's why Calgary's over 500 because their goaltending's very good, and you know it's so simplistic. But if your goaltending's average or w- worse, you don't win in, in the National Hockey League because the, the teams, in the, for the most part, are pretty evenly balanced. And further to that, Victor Foss is on his way back, so it's they don't have to throw everything at Scrivens here, in this, particularly coming up on this road trip with back-to-back games because. Uh, as good as he's been, he's going to need a night off here down the road. I say ride him till he falls. <laughs> 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 
And foster Ride them. I don't well, care if they're playing okay, back. But, but as the, long as they keep winning, you play the same guy. I don't go to the other guy. I don't care if it's back to back. You play him. Point is, if he has an off night, they've got it. They'll have an, a better alternative if, True. if Victor Foss is ready to go. They're doing little things as well that that show up. Uh, I mean, last night they blocked twenty-one shots. Although Gordon had five, I think uh, three guys basically. Gordon had five. Uh, Hendricks had a bunch. Fane had six. So it, two or three guys that are really blocking all shots, but but to that helps out the goalie as well. Makes it harder for the opposing team to kind of get, you know, I mean, they're maybe setting up for zone time, but they're not getting clear shots on net. There was a, a play, I think it was in the third period, where Yagapov lost his stick, and he defended very effectively with no stick. And, but all this was in the Edmonton zone. Little, little moments like that that you realize that some of these players are starting to understand what they need to do. It, it, it's not going at full speed, speed yet. I mean, they're still learning. But the, the intention is there, I think. So that's an improvement. And what about the play of that fourth line? Maddie, you wanted to talk about Gordon Hendricks and Yoansu has been a solid fourth line for the Oilers so f- well, in most of the games so far. Pretty much every game. Uh, Gordon uh, takes all the dirty work because he takes all the defensive zone draws almost. Not them all because Nugent Hopkins takes some, but for the most part he takes the you know defensive zone draws. So you know, he's a, it's a lot more serious for him if he loses the draw. The opposition might score a goal. So, uh, and Hendricks provides the uh, the hitting. Uh, he's the best hitter on the team. And Yonsu, I got to admit, I didn't think he'd even make the team. I thought after last year with all the injuries and you know, when he did play, uh, he was only average. I wasn't even sure he'd make the team this year and beat out Pitlick and and whoever else was trying to make the team on the wing. But uh, he's been very good and. Anytime you can play a fourth line double-digit minutes, it helps the rest of the lineup because they don't have to be playing more minutes than, than they have to in over an 82-game season. Before we move on here, going back to the win streak, does it matter that the, the four wins that the Oilers collected, you know, uh, they're over Eastern teams? I mean, we haven't seen – we did see L.A., obviously, early on, uh, but we haven't been playing the Pacific Division – you know, juggernauts, San Jose, L.A., Anaheim at all yet. I don't know if San Jose is a juggernaut if they lost a home game to Buffalo. But, <laughs> but I Just I, going off the record last year. Bitter he's I out of the loser pool. I'm in a loser pool and I'm already out. Cause I Find a mini juggernaut now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't, why, why would it matter? You've got to play these teams eventually. If you can beat them, beat them. Um, the orders last year, I think I've had to look it up, but they were one of the few teams in the West that wasn't all that successful against the Eastern division you know eastern conference team so this year they are so win the games and and uh then worry about the west later I, i'm going to interject here just quickly though because this subject came up today at practice and even dallas akins admitted that there is he wonders if it's psychological now between the when they go out to play an eastern division eastern conference team there's definitely something different. Taylor Hall addressed it, said that they have more jump in the room, they get more jacked up about games. There's there's definite difference there in their mindset going into these games. Um, I think tomorrow's a big test for them against Nashville to see if they can sort of follow through on that. And I think, you know, if they can get over that hurdle, then this is a non-topic. But for now, I think it is something you have to quantify the fact that they were Eastern Conference teams. The, the NHL has always been and always will be 
in my judgment, a copycat league. And you assemble your team to beat the teams in your division first and your conference second and the league last. And the East is a lighter place, more skill. You know, you're, you're trying to have a team that can beat Sidney Crosby. In the West, you got to beat big, heavy, you know, hard-hitting, tough teams. And so the, the best teams in the West are assembled to be big, heavy teams, L.A., Vancouver, Anaheim, uh, St. Louis. And so Edmonton is actually constructed to be an Eastern Conference team, not because of geography, but because of the, the talent and, the, and the, sort of the makeup of the team. And so I think they obviously they know that. They can see that, you know, going up against Montreal, small, quick, fast, uh, team-attacking team, not terribly dissimilar from them, except that they're better at the defensive aspects of things. And so I, I think they see that as a matchup yeah, issue that, that is favorable to them. Um, so they should get the two points when they can get them because if they feel good about themselves going against those teams, uh, you know, the happy players may be the more effective players. I think so. that one of the problems is they've been told for so many years they're not big and heavy that but yeah. they're beaten before the game starts. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you, you know, you're going against the big heavy teams. You guys aren't your skating team. They're, you're right. They're, as they would say, fairly fragile going into the games against the L.A. L.A.'s and the Anaheim's and the San Jose's and the Saint, especially St. Louis. They have all sorts of trouble beating St. Louis, maybe more so than even, you know, Anaheim and, and San Jose. Another thing, too, playing some of those teams, those teams, they go after Edmonton. St. Louis, L.A., they, they go after they go after Hall. They go after Nugent Hopkins. And they often go after them with not a whole lot of response. I don't mean fighting even. I, I just don't think there's a lot of response of just, okay, you drill my guy into the boards, I'm going to staple you know, one of the Sedins to the boards. I don't think they're not, of course, constructed necessarily to do that. But And those teams know that, and so they come after them. Uh, the way you blunt that is, frankly, you you got to go score them. you gotta, you got to be better at what you're better at uh, than they are at hammering you. But that's hard for young people. You have to <laughs> if you get past that fear factor, you're going to get clobbered by somebody. Mm-hmm. Now, you brought up block shots once already. Uh, shots has been uh, something you know, the Oilers have given up a fair number of shots. You know, obviously we had the number of block shots against Montreal. Uh, you know, if we're going to go down the Corsi Road, you know, Montreal won the big Corsi battle apparently on Two Monday one. night. Two, or more than that, yeah. You know, in, in the game against Washington, the Capitals doubled up on the shots and the Oilers. You know, the Oilers did win. Is there something to be read, read into there? No. <laughs> I think the whole shot thing is so bogus with these analytic people. Montreal got a lot of shots last night from the outside. Yep. The shots yeah. weren't from between yeah. the face-off circles. It's true. So they got 30 shots. I would hazard a guess Ben Scrivens had 10 really tough saves to make, and he made them all. Very, few, very few second chances. Very few second chances. So, And a lot of the shots were from bad angles that he should save, and he did save. And now if you... If it, in the terms of a 30 shot, but if you're getting giving out 45, obviously there's probably 20 good chances to score. So that's a different story. But if you're keeping the team down to 30 shots, 10 shots a period, and the sh- and a number of the shots are from outside the faceoff dots, I don't care if they've got the puck in your end. As long as they don't get the second opportunity off that shot, you're okay. I mean, it's from a bad angle. You shouldn't score. That's not. They got the puck, but that's not a scoring chance, as far as I can see. You know, in the Washington game, you know, the, the Capitals definitely were pressing the third period. And, but, you know, Scrivens was the difference. And, then of course, as we've already talked about, Scrivens has 
you know, he, they need goaltenders to do that, and that's that's what he's helped them do win those games. When they were losing, there were some voices suggesting that, but they're getting shots, they're getting, they're doing okay in this statistical measure and so forth. But to my judgment, in those lo- the games they lost, their defensive structure was a mess, and it it collapsed and kind of into chaos. So often they were losing games. They're now constructing it, I think, in a more diligent fashion. You can see it. And it takes time to put it all together. But there's there's a lot more. They're an attacking team. They will be. That's what their strength is. Um, but, I mean, they've been a, a team where that should be the strength and haven't been able to score many goals for the last two or three years. So I, I really think that their success is going to come from the launching pad of playing playing sound defense which is where success comes for most hockey teams, I think. And what about the defensive progress? I mean, clearly they played a their most complete game of the season, as I think you said in your column today, John, uh, last night against Montreal. But, you know, there's still, obviously, like every team, there's still work to do um, on their defense. Yep, there's still a work in progress, and um, they're not going to have, doesn't look like they'll have Nikitin here for the next day or two. He's having a... He's having back spasms, so it takes him out of the lineup, and he was just sort of making some strides there in terms of sort of fitting into the system and and looking like the player that um, I think they expected when they when they got him. So definitely, I mean, that's always going to be a working project pro- process with this group, I think. But um, and it's not just the defensemen; we keep referring to them, but it's the forwards learning to play both ways and. It's a subject we won't bring up with Nell Yakupov for at least a week because he, he was not happy about it yesterday. But um. <coughs> Well, that's – I don't know why. I mean, it wasn't like he, got he was hammered with eight questions about his defensive <laughs> – It all began when it was just the uh, – yes, asked if he was learning, learning how to play the defensive game and just a little tired of the question. What I see in, in the defensive zone with the Oilers is more awareness, by which I mean the players are paying attention to where the puck is, but a more important where it might be going – and recognizing that you don't necessarily have to um, make the definitive play. If you even get your stick on the puck and redirect it, that disrupts the pass. And little things like that. Get in the way of somebody who wants to shoot on net. He won't shoot, and so on. All these little little moments that are starting to collect, but you need a lot of them. And I think that a lot of input from Craig Ramsey here, too, I think. You know, when you alluded to that earlier about sort of how they've evolved even over these last nine games, I'm sure, you know, he went in and corrected some of those changes early, which I can't say they adjusted very well on the fly last season. <laughs> so. I, I, I talked at a long talk with Hendricks yesterday morning about some of this stuff, and he was talking about uh, one of the things he talked about was the whole issue of what he called cheating. In other words... Um, trying to eliminate the players <laughs> who are looking and, and seeing, well, if there's a chance that one of their teammates is going to get a hold of that puck in the defensive zone, they're gone, right? And so, hey, I'm out, i got a breakaway, or i got a two-on-one. And <clears throat> maybe that'll work, but what if it doesn't? Now your teammates are outnumbered, and there's probably going to be a good scoring chance, and you screwed it up. Those kinds of things, making the safe play until you get into the offensive zone, and then, okay, now take a chance, because the risk is much less uh, great. All of these little things take uh, learning, and uh, but I think you, we're seeing that. Um, but I also think that once we see them play Nashville and Vancouver, we'll see where they really are. 
Because these are the teams that play the most. Winning tends to reinforce the learning I was process. Say, <laughs> it's it's easier to deliver to in the message. a certain yeah. way and you actually win the games doing yeah. it, you think, yeah, maybe that's not so bad. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, it's also very difficult if you're an offensive player to realize that you've got to collapse around your net and then you've got to skate another 180 feet to score a goal. Um, you know, it becomes a little more difficult. You know, it's a lot of work, especially for the center who's, you know, runs the runs the line to come back deep all the time and then get it up the ice and make the play. So, um, but hey, four-game winning streak is a four-game winning streak. And I know Nashville tomorrow night will not be probably the same Nashville team we're used to seeing. They seem to have a little more offense now. They got some punch. And uh, the games are a little more high scoring than even without... Uh, Mike Fisher, Carrie's husband, uh, in the lineup. Carrie Fisher's husband. Carrie Underwood's husband. Oh, just kidding. Yes, there's a new Star Wars movie coming out. I do want to go back just quickly to Neil Yakupov. Ha- he has improved his two-way play. Oh, absolutely. I mean, last night he uh, he delivered a mighty big hit that was heard from one end of the rink to the other, and you know, I mean, he, I know he doesn't like to address it, but he certainly has sort of rounded out his game um, the points I mean he got he scored last night which is you know he needed to sort of get some offensive production I think for you know his self motivation but um, definitely a different player than we've seen here last year for sure I think he's got to get more points though to justify being the first overall pick in yeah. the National Hockey League draft and, and this is his uh, third season I think you know he now he's starting to watch his defensive responsibilities closer and then he has to finish the chances he gets which he often gets a couple every game two three every game he's got to start finishing those ones and putting them in the net and then then he won't be asked about his defensive responsibilities because he'd be a 30 goal scorer and what do we care or what do the fans care they don't care or you check if you can score that many goals I think we're still waiting for him to have sort of uh, a signature sort of game that people can recognize, and you know this is what Yagabob does, in the way that like Taylor Hall to me, you you, you know what he's up to in his games based on skating and and kind of you know a little bit reckless play and, um, but Yak is still I think finding what is the definitive Yagabob kind of game. I mean when he started first year he was he was the one timer it was all about you know, hammering it but that doesn't seem to be part of the mix at this point so. It's a process. Now we talked at length about Leon Dreisaitl last week, and uh, we found out today that he will indeed play his tenth <coughs> game of the season against Nashville, thereby, thereby uh, kicking in his, the first year of his entry level contract. Do we have anything more to add? Anything well, he could still, at some point during the season, that's true. He could still go back to junior. Sure. The next, yeah, the next trigger for him is game Fort- thirty-nine. Yeah. If, if he plays his 40th game, can't the countdowns – no, he can go – the countdown starts on his – Free agency uh, f- clock. Seven-year yeah. mm-hmm. unrestricted free agency clock, which is, you know – Probably more important than, than the, the entry-level Than the 10-year or 10 game one, yeah. hockey team, it's, yeah. it's important to the player at the entry level, yeah. more so than – And the he's he's well aware of it. It was one of the first things mm-hmm. he, he mentioned, so – But the, the other thing is that it takes time in the national uh, – a lot of time usually and then some of it a lot of it is related to salary cap issues for deals to be transacted and so um, let's say the Oilers were to make a deal for a centerman at some point and they think that maybe 
Dreisaitl would benefit from going back. Well, now they can do it because now they have an alternative. Uh, right at the moment, I, I mean, I don't think he's suffering in any way. I think, in fact, he's it's a beneficial to have him there. But they don't have an option either. Well, they have options, but the options are not good ones. And I so the fans just got so wrapped up in the orders, rushed all their players to the to the altar. You know, the minute they draft them high. Every other team, if they draft in the top five, their players play in their team too. I mean, when they're when you're bad, your your player plays in the team. He doesn't go back to junior. If you're in the top five, you're pretty much making the team unless you're 170 pounds and they don't think you're strong enough. So every team, but, which is probably the case with Sam Reinhardt, who probably will be going back to junior. Yeah, but so I, mean, I don't does recall happen. the LA Kings when they weren't very good telling Drew Doughty, you know, ah, maybe you'd be better off playing another year junior. No, he was on their team. You know, whether you're Stamkos, Tavares wasn't was nowhere near the player in his first year that he is now. He still played in the Islanders, and they weren't very good, and still played in their team. So well, with the Canadians, Galchenyuk. I mean, yeah. he's now yeah. 20 years old, and you can really see the dazzling skill and so forth. But he's been there already. Is it the third season for him. Well, same as Yakupov. So the same year. You know, it's been he's been a, a learning process, and you you manage the minutes and. And but that's part of becoming an NHL player. I think becoming an NHL player. If you're a forward, if you're a defenseman, it may be a bit different. But uh, even there, you got to go through your lumps. You know, take your tough lessons. That's the way it is. And and Drysaddle hasn't dropped dramatically over the nine games we've seen him play. It's not like he's gone and just sort of disappeared. I mean, he's, it's it's going to take a while for him. But it's not as if his play is completely dropped off and they've made a completely disastrous decision here. He knows what he, and he's smart enough to know what he's got to work Absolutely. on. Absolutely. He knows yeah. that he's got to get quicker, and he knows that the plays that along the boards that work famously well in junior, because he was stronger, don't necessarily work in the NHL, because the guys you're playing against are even stronger than you are. They'll push you over, so you can't stick his button, you know, in your face trying to check you and hold on to the puck for 15, 20 seconds. It doesn't work that way, but he's... I think he's a very quick study, and yeah. John pointed out many times he's 19, but he's 19 going on 25. He's not 19 going on 17, so he's very self-aware. Yeah. He understands what he needs to do, but not only that, he doesn't have the personality that panics. It's like, oh my God, yeah. I'm in. Over. He, 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 he. Okay, I got to learn from that. He, he's, he's very calm uh, individual. It, it's quite something. He knows. Uh, I, I think, think he's, I think he's in perfectly the, the right place. Knowing the other players who play the same position on the other teams, picking something up from the way they play and, and translating it to the way he plays too. I think he's smart enough to probably be in the, on a computer watching some video of the better <laughs> centers in the, in the well, National Hockey League, whether it's Kopitar, Taves, or whoever, as to how they play when they don't have the puck. And I think that's one of the things Dallas alluded to earlier this week, that he's one of the kids that's always in the video room much and going over clips and, um, you know, he's taking whatever steps he needs to make himself better. So Th This ultimately is how hockey players, at least in my experience, this is how hockey players have gotten better from the beginning of hockey. You play against better players, older players. You go to the rink, you're playing against the big kids and so on. This is the way it works. In the NHL, the stakes are higher, but he's... Uh, He's a blue-chip player, and uh, we'll see. He hasn't even played 20 games. Yes, that's true. And, you know, 20 games is where we want to 
you know, look at the orders as well and see where they're at because if we, I think we identified 20 games, we'll have a better sense too. So well, that's usually they've already won as many games <coughs> well, as they won in their first 20 well, no, last year. If you're year, in playoff so. position, yeah. third week of uh, or U.S. Thanksgiving, I guess is the fourth yeah. Thursday in uh, in uh, November. You're usually in the playoffs. If you're in the playoffs, then you're usually in the playoffs. So come the you know 26th, 27th, or whatever. U.S. Thanksgiving is, uh, we'll see where the orders are. Hopefully they're still around 500. If they're <laughs> still around 500, then great. That's Then they're, they've built up some credit. They probably feel quite good about themselves and that they realize that well, if they don't make the playoffs, at least they're a point a game, you know, an 80-point team. And that, we haven't had that in many a year. Well, thanks, everybody. This has been the Owners Podcast. And we'll do this again next week. Thank you. Thank you.